8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Ashraf Garda. That uh, conversation with uh, with MTS Kanchi is a really fascinating conversation in terms of what it symbolizes, don't you think? Uh, we'll have a podcast up of that tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. Check it out, safm.coza. But I will also tweet it, uh, so check it out on my Twitter timeline and on um, and on Facebook as well. And do share that when you do, because I think it's important, whatever your views are, that that we share it and we talk about it as well. By the way, drop me an email anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Ashraf at safm.coza, spelled A-S-H-R-A-F, Ashraf at safm.coza. We'll talk innovation, not quite now, just now. We'll certainly get to that. What we will talk about is uh, the, the ANC election manifesto. So, yes, there's like two parts to it. One is the, the annual January 8th statement, comes out on January 8th, that coincides with ANC's birthday, and in effect it serves as like the state of the ANC annually. Okay, So that alone uh, is the cause of huge debate and interest for obvious reasons. They're the ruling party, the majority party that delivered, uh, not the only one of course, that delivered uh, democracy to our country. But as the ruling party, there's Certainly, as it should be, a massive interest in the goings-on with regard to the ANC. Then the fact that we've had a change of uh, of leadership of the ANC midterm, effectively, and therefore a change of leadership of the country makes it even more uh, interesting and more complex in terms of what the January 8th statement says or didn't say. We also know the issues of land expropriation, which is a big issue that surfaced last year around this time, uh, is, is another one to talk about. There's been more. So let's find out two things. You know, the ANC's uh, January 8th statement uh, and that ANC manifesto, which in effect is now the plan for that election that comes up sometime in uh, in May. You can uh, engage us as well, 089-110-427, in terms of what is your understanding of what was discussed and spoken about by the president of the ANC uh, the president of the country as well, President Ramaphosa, on the weekend. Uh, what did you like? What what surprised you? What shocked you? What pleased you? Uh, what would you take next? Very importantly, does that convince you? And we'll talk about elections often, I know that, in the next few months. Does it convince you to, to vote for them or vote against them? Meaning, do they deserve another chance? Many suggesting, goodness, they've messed up so many things. Why should they get another chance? Others suggesting, we just have to. Well, either way, what was said around this weekend does that give you a sense of positivity around them? And you can give me reasons why you say what you say. Let's get to our guest, uh, Kolani Dubez, with me, senior researcher at the Zubera Institute for Research and Development. Kolani, good chatting to you as always. Hello. Hi, how are you, Ashford? I'm very as, good. No, that's great. It Thank you. Great. Great. Right, you've got this mammoth task of trying to condense what is said uh, with regard to the January 8th statement or the ANC manifesto that's come out of that. Uh, in the in the few minutes that that we have, right? Um, so perhaps you know, f- let's start with this. How would you rate, you know, what's come out of the president's mouth? Look, let, let, let us be honest here, Ashraf, uh, because I, I think uh, we as citizens now we, we we need to speak truth to power. We need not to live in an illusive or in a, a mirage kind of. A, 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 a world or a country. We we have to share that utopian uh, South African perspective now that has been crafted. The fact of the matter is, this manifesto is not different from any other ANC manifestos. 
And uh, unfortunately, this manifesto still speaks to the failures of the ANC for the past 24 years. Are you still there? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, we seem to have lost you. Okay, so it speaks about... So you're saying no different. So first of all, why no different? What have they been saying generally and what, what are they repeating this time around? Look, if the president of the country and the president of the governing party still speak about the backwardness of our education, still speaks about the poverty in our country, the rising poverty in our country, the rising unemployment in our country, the, 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 the evaporating social cohesion in our country, it says to a certain extent they are admitting that they are not competent enough to deal with these challenges facing our country. But contrary to that, he pump up people's expectations and hope. And so that's why I'm saying that it's one and the same thing. It's like we are in a whirlpool of of illusion and the possible. They always manage to to gather people uh, around the elusive uh, the mirage uh, kind of of, of, of of South Africa. Whereas South Africa currently as we speak economically in terms of social cohesion, in terms of skills, we are in a sinkhole. So typically, what, what should come out of the manifesto of a party, and, and, and I would gather a manifesto may differ in an election year and a non-election year, or, or is the manifesto always linked to an election? You, you have to understand that the ANC January 8 and the manifesto, they are intertwined. You can't extrapolate and say this is a general January 8th statement of the ANC and this one is the manifesto. I think the manifesto and January 8th, they are the same now because, as I said, the central theme of ANC January 8th as well as the ANC manifesto is centered around the issues that need to, to unchain the bondage that keeps on prisoning our country. As I said, they failed. Let me give you an example of the impractical that you have said in this manifesto. Mm -hmm. The most important one is the education. And his speech, he fused education into fourth industrial revolution, as if fourth industrial revolution is something that is coming. we are living in it. We are experiencing it as we speak. And so you can't say you are preparing for something that is already unfolding. And so when we say we have to gear our education so that it meets the requires, I mean, the requirement of fourth industrial revolution, it clearly indicates that those people who crafted the manifesto of the ANC, they were not aware the impracticalities of fourth industrial revolution execution in relation to our education in South Africa. Because look, Ashraf, currently our education is failing to provide the basic infrastructure such as toilets, the, even the chalkboard. 
the ex I mean the the, 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 the exercise you remember the Lipombo scandal. And mm-hmm. so now we're talking about the highly sophisticated gadgets like your iPad, your computer, your telecommunication. How many schools as we speak who don't even have a landline? And so now can you imagine now you talk about fourth industrial revolution where you need to have internet and the money that is supposed to go to that particular project of education becoming relevant for fourth industrial revolution revolution is side is trillions. Okay. On the other side, we had what we call for for the past six, ten years, national health insurance. Not even a single person can tell me is there money for this national health insurance. And so South Africa, as I said, is facing the issues of realities that we always try to sugarcoat and try to find comfort in the mirage. Okay, we'll pick up on more on that in a second. Let's get some calls. Felix from Pumalanga, you're on the air. Hello, Felix. Thank you, Ashraf, for taking my call and Happy New Year. You too. It's it's been a long time. You're spot on. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think we must not deceive ourselves. ANC said what they can say, and that is the only thing they can say. Do you expect the party to come and give a manifesto and say, we are not going to take care of you, we are going to steal all your money, we will never keep our promise? No, they will say exactly what they are supposed to be saying. And that's exactly what they said. The problem, however, is not ANC. It has never been ANC. The problem is us. We keep believing their lies. You see, if you give somebody, if you give somebody a chance and it disappoints you, it's fine. And another chance and it disappoints you. Now you keep believing him. Our problem is that we are addicted to ANC. And unless we clean up ourselves from the addiction we have with ANC, we will never move forward. The whole essence is for us to give another party a chance. If they don't do well, we give another party a chance so that all the parties know that if we don't perform, the people are going to kick us out. Okay, that so, so nothing has, has, has anything impressed you in terms of what came out on the weekend? Of course, everything impressed me, but I know it's all lies. You see, I'm not. But then, how do you say that? What you said, of course, everything impresses me, but I know they're all lies. And how can they impress you when you know they're lies? Because we have given them chances and chances before. You have to understand the logic behind this. The problem is not ANC anymore. The problem is we. We we are stuck in an abusive relationship. We don't have the courage to walk away and vote for another party. That's what the problem is. It's not ANC anymore. Okay, got that. So you're not. You're not very impressed. Eric in Joburg, hi. Hi, how's it, Ashraf? Yeah, good. How's it, Eric? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Happy New Year. You too, you too. I, I have to start by saying I absolutely distrust anybody who starts speaking by making assumptions such as let us not uh, delude ourselves. Let us speak truth to power. You are starting off by creating an environment without any proof of any statement. I've, I've heard your speaker say that the, a failure of education, and he points to a toilet thing in Limpopo, mm-hmm. as though 99% of schools in South Africa have a toilet problem. I hear him talk about, from a perspective of statistical... Uh, you know, when you're going to give a statistical argument, at least know the statistics. Don't assume that uh, uh, we have moved our pass rate from 
virtually nothing to over 78% of matriculants. All right, Eric, I, I hear you. So on, on, on two parts. One is, is you're critical of the analysis, and, and that's absolutely your right. That's fine. The second part, if I can, if I can then pick your brain in terms of what what is your analysis of what came out of that ANC manifesto? Um, it's, it's an important barometer ahead of the of the election. It is more of the same because the same work still needs to be done. That does not mean that I mean your 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 analyst says because they are saying the same, it means they are, it proves that they are uh, they are they are not succeeding and therefore they go to do the same. The logic is wrong. Where the manifesto is saying the same thing, because South Africa, despite all its many world-celebrated successes, still has to do more of the same. We have to move our people out of poverty. We have to educate our people. What kind of manifesto cannot have that? We still have to do that, but that does not follow that we are failing. We are not achieving anything. All right, la- last, thing, last thing with you then, therefore. So more of the same because the same work needs to be done. I think it's a wonderful analogy. Having said that, is the ANC then, in your opinion, the party that should deliver on their own promises? Or are they unable to do so? The ANC has delivered on most of his promises better than any party on the African continent that took over as a ruling power. And I, I will be damned if I will give my vote to apartheid-bred white men who are running the DA, for example, that middle-class blacks think are the savior of this country. The NC, its check record, it's the best of any movement that has ever taken power and run a country. Okay, and, and, and yet yes. you said, and just for the record, because we're going to move on, and yet you said the same ANC has, has, has certainly failed in many of the things that they're promising now, right? I, I never said that. Your analysis said that. Now, my view is it has succeeded in most of the areas it has tackled better than any political party that has ever ruled any country on this political Okay, continent. Eric, but, but so just for clarity, you are also saying that they say more of the same because the same problems exist, which means they've been in power for 25 years. If the same problems still exist and they haven't solved it, and there's been many other issues about the NC that's well documented, isn't there a cause for concern about their ability to lead and to deliver, notwithstanding the other points you made about other parties? No, for me, it's withstanding those points. I can't look at the party based on what I think is a failure. America has an educational problem. That doesn't mean the parties that are ruling are not doing well. There will always be an educational problem because there will always be kids needing to be educated. There will always be a poverty problem because generally there are always poor people. That's, it will never go away. So you might want them to add to the manifesto, but you can't tell them to take away stuff because if they keep it there, it means they are failing. It's rubbish. Okay. We will always have to deal with education. Always have to deal with all of these things. All right, and Eric. All of this, yeah. Good engaging okay. with you. Eric Miani, thank, thank you for your time. There you are, certainly Ciao. getting us thinking. Uh, let's let's get a response. Uh, Eric, very critical of uh, of the analysis uh, that, that he's heard so far. And I think it's only fair from your side that, that you respond to that. Go ahead. Look, uh, let, let, let's talk about the issue of education that he, he, he's beating drums uh, about that he, uh, there is an improvement in the education. First and foremost, him, if he's aware that the recent metric results, the number of people who passed and the number of the intake of the metric results in grade one is, a sh- is shocking because in grade 12, is almost 
half of the number, it's not even half of the number of the people who registered to enroll in, uh, in, in grade one, you see. And so it means that, one, they will have the, the issue of unemployment, is the issue of the dropout in the basic education. We have a number of people who are unskilled. Two, those people who are, uns- who are unskilled, they have lesser chances to find employment in the current uh, requirement of employment as we are talking, we are talking about fourth industrial revolution. And another thing, there have been statistics that have been set regarding the literate rate, rate of even of people or capabilities of the products of this education. The statistic is out there. And moving further, there is also a discourse. That's why our government came with CITAS, because they were aware that even if you have your degree, but you need a post-education because, so that you can be relevant for job opportunities. And the CITAS, as we speak, they are crumbling. Okay. And moving further... When you talk about South Africa is the most highly inequal society, look at the, our G coefficient, you got I mean. And all those things is because there is a lack of political will to make an intervention. How do you start to argue that ANC is the best governing party in Africa compared to what? Because we are a country currently as we speak, where there is 80 billion of irregular expenditure. Okay, can I... And no one is held accountable. I I think it's a good point that that you you have to compare the ANC to the ANC, to its own ability to rule uh, and to manage this country, not versus the rest of Africa. But that's another discussion. I'm going to have to let you go with just one final point from you. What do you make... Of in the light of the ANC's pronouncements to be anti-corruption, I think it's it's very and as they should, and it's very clear they've conceded that corruption within its own party has certainly impacted on the ANC's ability to deliver as the ruling party on many of the points that were raised by yourself, including by Eric Miani, for example. Uh, in the light of all that and the investigations into former President Zuma and the fact that effectively uh, he was recalled, what do you make of 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 the let's call it the kiss and makeup? between Ramaphosa and Zuma? Look, uh, we, we need not to say corruption is, is, is Zuma. Corruption in the ANC has been institutionalized. We, there is currently there is an issue of 500,000. That was a sponsorship to the incumbent president. In the Gulf day, led Africa, that is embroiled in the controversy of allegations of corruption, has sponsored the Gulf Day of the ANC. You, you, you get what I mean? I'm just giving you, away from Zuma now, the new entry in the corruption game in the ANC. And so that's why I'm saying, whether Zuma is still there or not there, but there are new entries in this corruption. Fair, fair enough, but I, mean, I think the key issue I'm saying is that there's a reason Zuma was recalled, right? I mean, if he, was, if he had the full support of everybody, he would still be the president of the country, isn't it? There's a reason he's not the president any longer. Look, I, I, I think the issue of fighting corruption in our country, we can't simply, as you are saying, we can't simply left it to the ANC. 
is our citizens who are supposed to be active. It's simple as that. Okay. Because these guys, they will protect each other because they know more about each other. Okay, let's leave it at that. Thank you for your time. Kolani Dube, who's the senior researcher at the Zubera Institute for Research and Development. We'll pick up another aspect of what's come out of that ANC uh, event, uh, the January 8th statement and the ANC manifesto is not just the issue of land, but the issue of the Reserve Bank right after this. Hard-hitting interviews on SAFM. Okay, so uh, Lumkila Mondi is with me as a senior le- lecturer at the Witt School of Economics and uh, Business Science. Good chatting to you, Lumkila. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Good evening. Thank you. Right, let's let's pick up. Uh, someone said ANC manifesto delivered, sense of positivity, massive crowd, and the ran weekend. And, and I was at a wedding. It's like, that's because of touching on the Reserve Bank and the move to nationalize. So tell us what has actually happened. Well, what is happening really is uh, the ANC running out uh, of areas uh, where it can impact on the lives of the masses of our people because of its poor mismanagement, its corruption that we're talking about earlier, and really a lack of credibility um, within the ANC itself, given its membership and given the fact that uh, they're only 25 years into running a government which has never run anything before, uh, including a company. Okay, but having said that, I mean, specifically, what was pronounced regarding the, the nationalization of the Reserve Bank? What was pronounced, uh, or at least what's contained in the manifesto, is really ensuring that not only is the mandate of the central bank focusing on price stability and, and economic growth, but also on employment. That's the issue that is on the agenda that emanated from the 54th African National Congress Elective Conference in uh, Johannesburg in 2017. And what, what do you make of it? Well, I mean, given what I said earlier, that really the ANC has been very dismal economically, Remember that we have uh, many toddlers, or at least young, young, young scholars that have died in pediatric toilets. We have got 50% of students that finished matric, that studied uh, grade R uh, because of poverty uh, and really uh, uh, um, the young people headed households. We've got uh, quite a lot of challenges in the health sector. We've got challenges in the settlement sector. So really, the ANC is incapable of building uh, a constitutional state that is able to redress as required by the institution that encourages the state to focus on equality and creating opportunities for all. All right. There, I understand it. It hasn't, however, been well received. Now, perhaps you can rewind and say, like, if you need to nationalize the Reserve Bank, who owns it in the first place? I'm saying that because if you ask anybody in a quiz question right now, who owns the Reserve Bank? They will say, well, the banks are privately owned, but surely the Reserve Bank is owned by the government. So who owns the Reserve Bank? The Reserve Bank is a public institution that is owned by a variety of individuals in terms of its share, um, share structure. So the shareholding is majority in the public hands. However, although the shareholding 
uh, Republicans. All proceeds uh, that emanate from its profit making in the management of its policy uh, and the foreign exchange that is managed to manage flow back to the Treasury because it is a constitutional institution that Frank Croissant given a mandate of independence by the Constitution and also its operations being instructed by the Minister of Finance in terms of the mandate for managing price stability, which is the inflation targeting framework that we adopted as a country. What, what, what else came through, you know, from your side economically that, uh, that, that are important pointers, not just for the election, but certainly in terms of where the country is going? Well, let me just, just explain one point before we get to that. Okay. The point being that uh, the, the strength of Reserve Bank is, is, the, is its ability to create money. So uh, given the failure of the ANC uh, to address employment, for example, we're sitting at over 10% unemployment, we've got these infrastructural challenges, whether it's ESCOM, whether it's the roads infrastructure, it's the water infrastructure. So given these challenges, you can wake up in the morning and print money and make sure that you buy out all, all these issues. However, as we understand in economic theory that when there's too much money, it chases few goods. Mm. And that leads to inflation um, or eventual hyperinflation, as we've seen in Zimbabwe and Venezuela. And eventually, there'll be no goods, there'll be no goods to chase. And therefore, your currency becomes inflation that creeps in, and we all get poorer, and we all end in tears as, the, as we get poorer due to a policy choice that was taken by our government. So that's really the biggest fear about what the ANC can do with the Reserve Bank, given its poor record on the other institutions. That's what I think has created a lot of, um, um, of, of, of reaction negatively by financial markets and many of us, because we just simply don't trust the ANC, given that in 25 years, we are no better off than we were uh, before 1994. Okay, let's get a call, uh, Eddie, from the Free States Online. Eddie, you're on the air, hello. Hi, my brother. How are you? I'm very good indeed. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you very much. No, you know, um, I don't know. It's like um, there are a lot of things that went wrong, and I'm happy that the president during the, the manifesto, he highlighted that. And uh, your, your guess is like you don't want to appreciate what the, the current president, uh, the ANC of today shouldn't be uh, seen uh, of what the former president did, of which all of us, we agree that he messed with this country. Let's give this man an opportunity. Well, I don't know. Some people, and, some people think he was great. I mean, just making a yeah. point. Okay. No, it's, it's fine. But let's, let's give him a chance. And when coming to the Reserve Bank, let, let's look at something, uh, you know, an opportunity where everybody can benefit. Not, not only the, like your guest saying, it's ran by individual, you know. We, we need to see how people can also be involved. The South Africans yeah. can be involved. All right. They're very thin reserve. Eddie, I don't Eddie, have a name for it. That's fine. Eddie, that, th- thanks for that call. Uh, look, Kila, help us with, with other countries. You know, uh, in terms of a central bank or reserve bank, what's the norm in most other countries? The norm in other countries is really because other countries have got a history of compromise. Remember, uh, those countries have got a, what you call a social contract, uh, where the focus has really been on developing the country and developing people. 
which the ANC, as Claude discussed earlier, has dismally failed. And, uh, and basically enriched its own leadership as well as members that are closer to the press. Uh, at the expense of the majority of the people. So really what we believe that will be a black government, uh, given that the majority of South Africans are black, will deliver a killing blow to poverty and inequality. This country has simply not done it. So those other countries have done it very, very well because that social contract ensures that politicians are going there to serve the people, not to serve the party. And in that process, the authority is informed, given the investment in education, given the investment in the lives of people, whether it's free education, it's free health care, if you look about at Scandinavian countries. This goes a long way towards ensuring that politicians are made to account. In our case, we're, we're unable to make politicians to account because simply the NC is too dominant uh, to be accountable to us. Okay, that's according to you. Let's get another call from Leidenberg. We go, I think it's Messina, Messina, perhaps help us if I'm wrong there. Uh, has, uh, okay, is, is it Messina, Hasina? What's it? Messina, hey. Yeah, okay, got that. Thank you. Hi, you- man. Messina, that's uh, on the line. Okay, thanks for calling in. And, I listen to you most of the uh, time. I'm appreciative uh, and I'm glad you called in today because we need no, your voice. Today I didn't manage you to put the flag of Leidenberg, you've put, us on, you've put it on the map. It's important you represent that community. So go ahead. That's correct. Uh, what's happening here? We've been going from 1994, 24 years, going down the line with page number one. I just couldn't name it the page. Page number one was the fraud and corruption. We know about it now. We, we, we mastered it. I don't think... Uh, Somebody can twist us around that now. I was asking if you could open page number two. Page number two, I'll, I'll, I'll label it, how do we build this beautiful country of ours forward? Okay. Right? Then I say item number one, stroke one, where we start. Uh, South African poultry farming project. I mean, uh, with the, the South Africans from 94 going backwards, they know a, a, a chicken in Kuku. They know most of them. Nobody can say he doesn't know in Kuku. That's one thing that we can start there and make ourselves, pull ourselves out of Okay, but maybe that's another whole discussion uh, when we have far more time on, on economic drivers and what they may be. Thank you for that call. We need to hear from you again, keeping Leidenberg on the map there, right? Let's get, uh, Lumkila, just a final thought from you. So my final thought really is that you've been warned. You've been warned as a South African voter that uh, not only is the result bank going to be nationalized, the ANC is also thinking about prescribed assets. That's the attack on your pension, whereby your life saving will be used to fund a less return on investment that, can, that you can get in other instruments that you can invest in. So therefore, you've been warned and they get engaged in the debate and make a good choice in 2019 that will ensure that if the country is going down, you're in a safe place to uh, to move on and survive outside the stage. Okay, let's leave it at that. Thank you for your time. There we are, Lunkile Mondi, Senior Lecturer at the Witt School of Economics and Business Science. But before that, we had uh, Kodani Dube, who is a senior researcher at the Zubera Institute for Research and Development. We're going to wrap up with a few minutes' discussion into innovation or the innovators right after this.